On the solemnity of the Epiphany, we hear a gospel passage that is both mysterious and fascinating. It's one that I think has, has captivated the attention, captured the attention of so many people throughout the ages. There's been so much ink spilled about this passage because it raises all these questions that we don't know. Who, who are these magi exactly? What were they? Where did they come from? What was this star that they were following? How did they see this? What was it exactly? And they are fascinating questions. They're very interesting questions. There's interesting answers to those questions. But they could distract us from some even more important questions, some deeper questions. We want to look at two of those today. First of all, what were they there for? What was the purpose of their journey? Why did they undertake that? And secondly, what does God want to teach us through them? Because there's a reason why this passage is included in scriptures for us. There's something that God wants to say to us through this passage. So first of all, what were they there for? Well, the gospel tells us, it gives us, they themselves give us the answer. It says that after this journey, they made their way to Jerusalem. When they finally reached Jerusalem, they come to the current king of Jerusalem, King Herod. And they ask him, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and we have come to do him homage. That's the purpose. That word homage, that's the key word in this gospel. It's repeated three times. Homage. It's a word that means to worship or to adore. That's striking, though, if you think about it, because scholars estimate that they traveled possibly for months which at the time would have been not only an arduous journey, a strenuous journey, but also a dangerous journey. Think about the treasures that they were bringing over this long distance traveling. All to just adore him, not to get a selfie, not to get a handprint or a fingerprint, thumbprint of Jesus, but just to be able to adore him, to come before him and to adore him. And what it says in the gospel is that when they finally did reach him, and they finally found him and they were able to adore him. It says, literally, the literal translation would be, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Look at that, though. That's very striking how it says it there. It's this redundancy, a strange redundancy in the gospel. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It's almost like the gospel writer can't put into words how powerful that encounter was with Jesus how impactful that moment of adoration was to come before him. One of the great gifts that we have as Catholics, one of the great gifts that we have in the Catholic Church, is that we can live out in a very literal way what the Magi lived out. We can not only read this scripture passage, contemplate it, meditate it, but actually live this out. Why? Because just like the Magi, they followed this star. The star led them to where Jesus was. It said, here he is. We have our star as well. It points out where he is. It's right above me. That witness candle, when you walk into a Catholic church, that witness candle is like our star. It says, here he is. Here is Emmanuel, God with us that this just isn't just another room where we gather to come and sing and pray together, but it is God's dwelling place among us. It 
points to us anytime you walk into a Catholic church and you see that candle lit, we drop to our knees, we genuflect to recognize there he is, Jesus Christ. The Magi, when they found Jesus, they just saw a baby. He wasn't glowing. He didn't have a halo around him. They just, all they saw was a baby, just like any other baby. But through faith, they knew, and in their hearts they experienced, this is God in the flesh. They experienced that. In the Eucharist, all we see is bread. That's all we see, unless you have some amazing miracle. But all you're going to see is bread. But through faith and in our hearts, we know that it's Jesus Christ himself, and we can adore him just like they adored him. We can come before him. The same God that the Magi adored in that manger is the one that we adore in the Eucharist. That's amazing. But that's the gift that we have. And just as the Magi were so deeply impacted by that moment of adoration, we can be impacted as well through adoration. Father Ignacio shared a little bit about my testimony last week, how that impacted me. But we see this in the lives of so many people that begin to spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist, that come to adoration. I could share many with you, but I'll share one from just this past week. There was a major conference that they put on once a year. It's called the Sikh Conference. We took a group of college students there. They estimated that there were over 20,000 college students gathered there in St. Louis, Missouri. And in this conference, they bring in like all the major Catholic speakers that you can think of. People like Father Mike Schmitz, Scott Hahn, Matt Frad, Jason Everett, Chris Stefanik, and, and many others, like the big names, right? And they give these amazing talks, very moving talks. But I was really surprised because I asked several students, not just from our group, but from other groups as well, I asked them towards the end of the conference. I asked them, what was the most impactful moment of the conference for you? You know what they said? Unanimously, they said the night of adoration. That was the most impactful moment. And it was, it was, because that night they opened it up to the public, anybody could go, so there were 24,000 people there that night to be able to go to adoration. They exposed Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament in adoration there on this massive stage in what used to be the St. Louis Rams Stadium. And... For a time, it was up there on the altar, but then at one point, a priest came, and he began to process with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament through the stadium, through all of the stadium, section by section. One student shared with me that as she saw Jesus coming toward her in the Blessed Sacrament, she experienced that it was Jesus coming to seek her out, coming towards her, so she was deeply moved by that, seeing that as he made his way toward her. And you could see on the big screen, as they would bring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament through each section. You would see each section just everybody drop to their knees. Some people prostrating themselves, just like the Magi, adoring him. It was like each section would become still, silent, as Jesus was there in that section, as if people were holding their breath, looking at Jesus, adoring him. At the same time, they had confessions going on. 440 priests hearing confessions, and they heard 5,000 confessions that night. The power of adoration. People moved to be able to come back to God. 
I think one obstacle for us sometimes is we may say, okay, yes, I believe adoration is powerful, but what do I do? What do I, what do, I do when I go there to adoration? I don't know what to do. Well, the Magi also give us an answer for that. They show us what to do, how to adore the Lord. Because it says, when they came before Jesus to adore him, they opened their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And each of those gifts represent a different type of prayer that we can do when we come to Jesus in adoration. That gold, it's a gift that recognizes Jesus as king, as a good king, the king from whom all blessings flow. And it represents the prayer of thanksgiving, that we can come before Jesus and, and thank him. Say, thank you, Lord. We recognize all the gifts that he's given us, the blessings that he's poured out on us, and to be able to give him thanks for those. Frankincense, incense, is a gift that recognizes Jesus as God. And it represents the prayer of praise, of worship, of adoration. Recognize Jesus for who he is. To be able to say to Jesus in adoration, Jesus, you are God. I believe in you. You are Emmanuel. You're God with us. It's a prayer of awe and wonder. where we can even just be silent before the Lord. Just taking that in, contemplating that truth that it's God with us there in adoration. And the myrrh recognizes Jesus as our Savior because they wrapped Jesus' body, when they laid him in the tomb, they wrapped him with myrrh, with aloes and myrrh. That's what scriptures say. It's what they used for burial. It recognizes him as our Savior. And so what can we do? Well, it's the prayer where we just lay down whatever burdens we have, whatever struggles we're going through, whatever difficulties, whatever things that he died for to save us from, we lay those down at his feet. But the most important gift that they gave him was none of those. It wasn't gold, it wasn't frankincense, it wasn't myrrh. Because the first thing they did wasn't bring them his treasures. The first thing that they did, it says, is that they prostrated themselves and they worshipped him. The greatest gift that they gave him was themselves. That's the greatest gift that we can give him in adoration. Is ourselves, our lives. God doesn't love us for what we give him, what we have to offer, what we can do for him. He loves us because we're his sons and daughters. He loves us for who we are. So the greatest gift that we can give him is ourselves in adoration. As we begin this year, 2024, we're in the first Sunday of 2024. What a good thing it would be to be able to make, to put at the top of our resolutions, a resolution for adoration. Come and adore Jesus, maybe on a weekly basis. Start wherever you're at, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes to spend with the Lord each week in adoration. Here at St. Michael's, we offer lots of times of adoration, Tuesday before Mass, Wednesday before Mass, Thursday from 1 p.m. to 4 a.m. Friday, first Friday holy hour, lots of times to be able to come and adore the Lord, to just be able to do these things, to thank him, to praise him, to lay down our burdens before him, offer ourselves, experience the power of that adoration. One of the most beautiful Christmas hymns, I think, is that hymn, O Come All You Faithful. And it's so striking that the chorus is just simply, three times it repeats, O come let us adore him. O come let us adore him. O come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. 
It's this powerful call to adoration. Because I don't think that we can imagine, I don't think we can estimate the impact that it would have in our lives, in our families, in this community. If every single one of us here declared today, first Sunday of 2024, we just said, I declare 2024 a year to adore. 